Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. And we're back, man. Episode 159. First of all, happy Easter. We're recording this on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Easter is a day where, um, as a collaborative, uh, Jesus Christ and the Easter Bunny came together and <laughs> helped resurrect Jesus Christ. <laughs> and now the Easter Bunny and Jesus both get the amount of attention they deserve. So shout out to Jesus and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody, some Christian person is like, no, that's not true. Yeah, they're cringing right now. It's simply not true. <laughs> <laughs> the bunny wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jesus. <laughs> Yo, I seen some funny ass meme and it said like, no, it was a little video, first of all. And it said, uh, Jesus, take the wheel. And then they showed Jesus and like driver's head, and he's like, Well, they didn't have many of these back in my day. I'm dead. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it showed him in the car, like trying to like uh push the gas and the and yeah. the brake and stuff, and he had them sandals on. Uh, that's funny. Jesus, take the wheel. I don't got my license, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus was walking everywhere. Yeah. Riding a mule. He's like, I don't need a ride, young man. It's all right. <laughs> That's crazy. Nah, yeah, I, I had a like a little family function yesterday, so awesome. it was cool. It was just cool to you know, always around the holidays is good to to see family and whatnot. So I'm saying, hopefully on this day, I've seen a lot of people out, you know, in the front yards and you know, a bunch of tables and bounce houses and stuff out when I was driving over here. So hopefully, all you guys got a chance to spend time with your loved ones and whatnot, eat some good food, and you know, just enjoy people while they're here. Right. Yeah. Get together, family function on Easter to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, the real reason for the season. There you go. You know, listen to Lil Nas X and <laughs> imagine, imagine that. Imagine if you go to a Christian person's house and you turn on Lil Nas Big X. Up and Lil, especially Montero. That'd be oh, all my yeah. God. Yeah. They'll be sitting there, you know, everybody's having fun. And then all of a sudden you hear out of nowhere, can't nobody tell me <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Turn that devil music off. Somebody, I forgot who said it, but somebody <laughs> was like, I don't know one word from this new song. But it's, I don't either. It's, it's trending all, it's been trending all week. So, yeah, I don't even know how the song, I can't remember how the song goes. Yeah, I don't I have no idea. It's the, it's one of the le- the least songs that he made. The least it, memorable. Yeah. It's just, and it's like, we don't get shocked by shock value content. And, you know, that shit's here today, gone tomorrow. I no. think, not to like extend this too much, but I, I'm kind of curious. I think, I don't think most people have a, a lot of foresight when it comes to their career. No, <clears throat> no. So I feel like, I feel like if our podcast popped somehow, some went viral, or we got an interview with Charlamagne the God or something like that. And then all of a sudden we got millions of views um, yeah. are consistent on our podcast. We're ready for the moment. Yeah. I think what happened with Lil Nas X is he just made a song and he was just trying stuff and it went viral on TikTok and all that. And then he wasn't necessarily like ready for uh, the moment. Like no. I know of certain artists, you know, that we work with shooting music videos and whatnot. They, um, they'll have a handful of songs on their Spotify already. And then they'll have some stuff already um, recorded maybe a year, 12, six months ago or something like that, that's going to go on their album. So they had, like, even when you think about Nipsey Hussle, he was sitting on songs for Victory Lap. Yeah. They said he was sitting on songs for three years. Three years, yeah. You know what I mean? He so, got a whole lot more he didn't put on that album. Yeah, exactly. So I just, you know, for anybody out there that is a content producer, I just feel like you got to be ready for even the slight chance that you may pop. 
and, you know, just, you know, have some foresight, have some some actual planning involved as far as like what you want to do. Like even, you know, me and Eddie have conversations about this kind of stuff all the time, like yeah. how our set is going to look, how, you know, the type of guests we want to have. We, we, we put that stuff in the air. So when the moment comes to us, we're not surprised at all. Nipsey said it, man. He gave you the recipe, dedication, hard work plus patience. Mm-hmm. So it's like you dedicate it. Plus, you're working hard and you're, you're patient. patient. Yeah. So when the, mo- when the moment strikes, look, Nipsey was trying to tell you motherfucker something, yeah. man. He yeah. was trying to tell you people, man. The real Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Dang, imagine, imagine if Jesus came down as like 60s, cuz. <laughs> 60s, cuz. Yeah. You gonna disrespect me like that? I died for your sins, cuz. Oh, hey, Jesus, a rolling 60s, Chris. Oh, that'd be that's crazy, crazy, bro. Damn, that's wild. Yo, man, people ain't got no respect, bro. If Jesus came back, they probably turn him into a meme. Be crying Jesus meme. They turn the greatest basketball player of all time into a they meme. They reduce yeah, Michael yeah. Jordan to a meme, man. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, people say, you know, they talk, people always post about Jesus and, you know, God and all these things, but I just think people just lack respect. They would not give Jesus the proper respect that he deserved if he came back. Yeah, I believe it. I don't think so. I think right. we live in a society that's constantly looking for the next shit they could make fun of. It's, nobody take nothing serious. I mean, if like a guy like Cam Newton, Cam Newton could get roasted at his own, you know, football camp. He didn't get roasted. He got chastised by somebody that's less than him. Yeah. He got chastised at his own football camp, then a guy like Jesus could, you know, get the same. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the topics here. All right. Um, <clears throat> first of all, like, I was looking at some something I seen on Instagram, and I'm not going to say any names, obviously, but there's someone I know that creates content. Uh, they do, they make, like, certain music, and they do live streams. And um, one of the things I seen is he posted on there, he said, um, would you care if I streamed today? And he put like, yes or no. And I responded to the guy and I said, hey, man, you shouldn't even be asking people this question. Mm-hmm. Like, just put the content out into the world and the people who enjoy it are going to gravitate to it. Mm-hmm. You can't force people to like your content. So anyone that has a podcast or anyone that does music or whatever you do, modeling, whatever you do, stop expecting people to like what the fuck you do. They may not like it and that's OK. Mm-hmm. Right. Stop being insecure about what you do. Just Mm -hmm. do it. And the people who like it will gravitate to it. I've said this before. Imagine if you're dating a chick. Right. Matter of fact, imagine if you get a chick's number and it's like you're constantly persuading her to try to like you. Women could they could pick up on that and they're totally turned off by it. And they should be turned off by it because you're like, hey, hey, what's up? My name's Derek. Like me. Hey, hey, I, I like me. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's, it comes off as very needy also. Like, you need a person's validation. I don't need anyone's validation for the content me and Keith put out. Me and Keith put this out from the heart. And we were doing this shit way back when we were getting nine listens. Mm-hmm. We started off getting nine, 11, 12 listens a week. Mm-hmm. In a week. And because we felt that we had good content, we kept going. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you after you keep going, you start seeing the numbers go up and our numbers start going up on every platform because people started to really become um, uh, they felt like they were a part of the conversation. They yeah. were entertained by the like every time I'm on this microphone, I think about people that are like at work or they driving to work or they're doing whatever. And we want to make sure we give them a good conversation. Yeah, that's the whole objective. Try to put out good content. 
if it falls on its face, then fuck it. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, a couple of thoughts that I have, I think people are too focused on the numbers. Right. Um, because that that guy, you know, I don't think um, the conversation he he had or he he put out there, I don't think he would have said those things if he had two million, three million, four million right. people on uh, to, to view his his whatever content he was putting out. Um, so we have to keep I feel like as content creators, we have to keep the same energy through and through. Right. Whether you got five. So for us, um, the I think the quality has gotten better, but we didn't treat the podcast with five listens like just a throwaway thing and right. then we change the, the quality or the content or the amount of time we put into this podcast um, as it got a little bit bigger. Yeah. We treated it the same. It's the same process all yeah. the way up until now. So that's one thing. I think also kind of going with that analogy about relationships, I think we have to uh, treat um, the way we post content or create content um in the same manner in which we would treat approaching a woman or approaching right. a, a man and go a down on her. <laughs> Look, if you want to make good content, you got to eat that pussy, man. Stop playing games. Nah, but you got to uh, foreplay matters. Foreplay matters. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead, I'm Keith. I'm sorry. Utilize your hand, utilize your tongue, all of the above. But no, I think that, uh, I think when it comes to uh, like, like that analogy that you were saying, we if if a, if a person i think a person that is on the internet and they're always constantly looking for approval or they're always constantly like questioning is the content good or they're always trying to look for like feedback from people that starts to come off as uh like in a in a in in terms of like a relationship or you know dating or courting uh people or women that starts to come off as like harassment or like some sort of insecurity or something like that so i feel like the way that you should approach these type of situations if it's an inter- interaction between a man and a woman right. or you know a woman and a woman or whatever you want to throw your line out there and just play it cool. You know yeah. what I mean? If the person likes you, they're going to show it. If the person yes. likes you, they're going to they gonna give you that attention. It right. ain't going to be a thing where um, you go a week or so without, uh, you know, talking to these people or communicating with these people. Right. You know, more than likely, y'all going to text each other first equally. There like, you go. You, know, you might have a thought on your, head, your <laughs> mind like, hey, we should grab lunch tomorrow or something like that. It's not going to be a one-sided affair. And that's what happens with some content creators. They're they're in your inbox. They're sharing things with you. Um, right. Yo, sh- share this or tag such and such in this. Go to um, people be like, yo, I just dropped a freestyle to uh, December 4th. Go tag Jay-Z or, you know, I just right. did a cover of Beyonce song. Go tag Beyonce or something like that. That's not really that to me that comes off, like I said, like harassment when you're constantly right. hitting up a girl. She not responding to you. You may be close. Uh, you may be hitting her up on different platforms if she not responding to you. And that's just not a, a to me, it's just not a cool way of uh, of that's not even a cool relationship with content in no. you know social media. What, what's the word? It shouldn't it be like what? uh now I'm looking. For, I was just the wrong diction I was about to give. But mm-hmm. um, question, folks: Should you ask someone if the sex was good? The answer is that that is no. Mm-hmm. If you have sex with somebody and you have to ask them if it was good, you're expecting them to lie to you. But if after you have sex with them and they're like, "Oh my god, that was so good," 
What does that tell you? Yeah, it was good. That it was actually good. You allowed that person to tell. I know this is a bad, probably a bad example, yeah. but you allowed that person to express how they felt without almost like forcing them to give you're you le- an answer. Because you're almost leading with like if you're putting instead, even if that question and this is not much better. But if you say, how was it versus was that good? Because you say, was that good? And almost forced, like you said, it almost right. forces that person to say, like, yeah. Because yeah. if they say no, it's like, it just is going to be an awkward situation. Yeah, you're taking your insecurity from your content mm-hmm. and you're forcing motherfuckers to feed you like fake admiration. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. You're better off saying nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you if you like the content or not. That's yeah. completely up to you. Yeah. Right. And this content isn't for everybody. There's some people like, oh, there's too much cursing or there's too much this or that or blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But look, at the end of the day, the people going to love it, going to love it. There's yeah. some people that don't like Joe Rogan's podcast and they live up. They like other ones. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. The reason for me bringing this up was this, man. You got to stop forcing your shit on people. Do it because you love it. And when you're not getting the attention you want from it and you're, whatever the case, that's really the biggest test. The biggest test is when you're getting nine listens in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? The mm. biggest lesson is when you're not, nobody's really fucking with your shit. Yeah. Then it proves, are you really in this because you love it or because you want to tell everybody, I have a podcast? Yeah. Because everybody's popping up with a podcast nowadays. Everybody's popping up with a podcast, but no one is really want to do the work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a, lot, a lot, it, lot of work. It, yeah, it's a lot. And by the way, there's a whole bunch of, of things that go into podcasting. Am I saying is there is there rules? No, I'm not saying there's direct rules, but when you listen to us on this podcast, we spent money on these mics. Mm-hmm. It may not be A1 quality, but it's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. So we spent money on the mics. We have a studio space we do the podcast on. We bought equipment. We've mm-hmm. upgraded equipment, all kinds of things that we've done to bring you better content. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to somebody's podcast and every week the content's fucked up, People talking over each other. You can't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the voice is fading in and out. The sound quality is bad. And this is week week to week. You don't want to be a podcaster. Yeah. You, might, you might just be doing it because you're bored. You had a couple beers or whatever. But it's yeah. some of us who take this seriously. I take it serious because I know there's somebody looking for a conversation that they want to be a part of. And they want to laugh. And they want to fucking they want to laugh. They want to relate. And you, you, the reason why it's important to a podcast and you could be speaking for someone else, mm-hmm. they might really want to express some things, but you do it on your podcast and then they could just share the podcast. Look, look, look what he said. This, this is what I was trying to tell you about. Mm-hmm. That's why I love doing this shit. Yeah. I was having a, a conversation with my friend the other day and he was talking about some local artists here, like singers, rappers, et cetera. Right. And he was like, man, as, a, as an artist yourself, why do you think um, more and more people don't put out consistent content? And I was like, it's it's actually um, the most difficult thing about being a content creator and not even just a musician is um, being consistent. And then part of it, too, is that it costs money to be in front in the forefront of people. Facts. Right? You know, this we have a MacBook here. This is a fourteen hundred dollar computer. Right. You know, hard drives may be uh, $100, $75, you know, to certain cords, the mics, you know, anywhere right. from like 60 to 70 bucks, the cords, right. 30 something bucks. Interface. The rent we have here at this space, you know, a few hundred dollars. So 
um, as far as like artists goes and the same thing, I was telling him, I was like that, you know, Nate, shout out to Nate. Um, you know, he got a studio space at his crib. He charges $35 an hour. He charges a couple hundred to mix, um, mix and master, um, each and every song. So if you wanted to put out consistent, whatever, consistent, whatever type of content, it's going to cost money. We want to go to YouTube, you know, the only cameras that allow you to shoot long form, um, visual content are the more expensive cameras, the yep. black magic, the black magic may run you $1,400 yeah. and you got, you know, a few hundred dollars on the lens. We had to upgrade. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the, the SSD for the, the, the camera is a, another couple hundred dollars. So yeah. it's expensive to, to be this consistent, but that's not an excuse at all. Right. hundred like, percent. You know, DJ Khaled, you know, when he had got out of his major label deal and he started to go independent, he said that he spent every dollar that he made from DJing and, and uh, doing shows and hosting and all that. He spent that all on his album. Right. And then that, and this is prior to him going viral with all the, you know, the, uh, the deals and, um, and you know the album dropping and stuff like that this was kind of when he was in a lull in his career and that he just invested all of that into his music whether it was producers and studio sessions or whatever and then he was out of here after that now he's in this position where he's getting features from beyonce and jay-z and future and drake whenever he wants to so um it's like at the end of the day if you really want to be successful obviously the hard work is there and all this kind of stuff but you have to have a funnel for your content right like eddie works a regular job i have my own um, business that i have but all that that money is just funneled right back into the pot the podcast or whatever content we want to put out so. yeah a hundred percent man you got to and like if you're wondering like why haven't you guys go to youtube yet it's like we're working on everything. We don't want to bring ship content to YouTube. Mm -hmm. We want to take this audio element and upgrade the visual element. Mm -hmm. So there's things that we're still we're still working on the whole ambiance of it all. You mm -hmm. know, making sure everything looks right because those things matter. Mm -hmm. They matter more than what you would think. So me and Keith are working on it. But yes, we are going to fucking YouTube. Mm -hmm. We are going to YouTube. We want to give people audio and visual. We've already spoke about this. And it will happen. Mm -hmm. We don't want to give you a specified date, but we are working on that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's that, man. Um, switching gears. Um, a local street vendor was harassed, and this was out here in Bakersfield. So let's go and read this article. This, it's down the street from my fucking job, man, from the yard. Mm -hmm. It's literally down the street. All right. Uh, video shows man harassing street vendor in Bakersfield. And this is Fox News in L.A. that I'm reading the article from mm -hmm. tossing flowers to the sidewalk road. The video shows a man throwing a street vendor's flowers to the sidewalk and on the road before cussing out the woman, woman who shot the video. The person who shared the TikTok video told Fox 11 it was her mother, Miriam, who pulled over to the side of the road to take the video of the incident and then confront the man who was seen throwing the flowers that were on sale. According to the woman who shared the video to Fox 11, the incident happened on Sunday around 6 p.m. on Rosedale Highway near Golden State Highway. The TikTok video generated more than 428,000 likes and more than 8,000 comments. Fox 11 reached out to the Bakersfield Police Department for comment and information. We will update the story as we wait to hear back from the police. Okay, man, here's my perspective on this. Um, look, you know, people was talking some shit on the feed that I seen in the Bakersfield feed. 
um, mm-hmm. talking about, well, it's not legal what she was doing. She can't sell that. That's illegal. Let, let me be very clear when I say, is it technically legal to sell things on the side of the road? No, it's not. But this is the way I look at it. When somebody has something to offer, leave them the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Like they are selling something. So they, mm-hmm. they stand it out there, whether it was, it's fruit or flowers or whatever it is. They are they have something to offer. They're trying to sell. They provide a service. Mm-hmm. Why would you fuck with somebody like that? Mm-hmm. They're just trying to make some money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the dude, apparently the guy that threw her shit down, this motherfucker was just asking for change. Yeah. That's- <laughs> so you you mad at somebody because you asking for change and you yeah. throw their flowers on the ground just because you ain't got no hustle. Dang. If you, somebody is really out there hustling and he he panhandling. You know, being disrespectful to somebody that actually has something off. They threw the flowers on the ground. That's crazy. Man, yeah. it's just, man, you a piece of shit, bro. Yeah. Like, and, and what's crazy is this, too. You talk about, oh, it's illegal to sell this stuff on the side of the road and blah, blah, blah. And I see the, I see the comments on the Bakersfield News on the on Facebook. Well, these people, a lot of them don't even have their papers and they're not even from here and blah, blah, blah. Let me be very clear. Let, look, the, we have a broken system, bro. Like the the. If you want to get citizenship legally, it's not an easy path. I got some mm-hmm. buddies that went through that and it was expensive and it took forever. Mm-hmm. And the average person don't got time to wait for a system because they're trying to take care of their family, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. Right. And multiple things is true about this. We go on and on. If you want to talk about, oh, get these illegals out of here. Motherfucker, why are there so many factories and plants full of people without proper documentation then? Mm-hmm. So you using the same people that you're demonizing on the news. Yeah. You using them for labor and turn around and say, oh, well, they need to get out of here. Yeah. Like, yo, if every farm worker, a person that worked in the fields or does these jobs just poof, just disappeared, there would be a result. And the result wouldn't be great. You'd be paying $90 for a fucking salad. I don't want to pay for first of all I'm not even excited to eat salads mm-hmm. but now because the, you know you, you're paying Americans would do the job but if they do it they're going to be wanting a lot of money yeah that, I seen the video where um, there was some there was a, uh, some Mexican workers in the field and they were running I don't know they were yeah, I think they were picking strawberries that. but they were running because they get it forth. by like the box yeah yeah mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, that's so sad that they got to, and I don't know how much money they get paid, but I'm sure it's not a lot. They just got, they got to like be physically exhausted by the end of their day just to make ends meet. But bro, it's, it's a certain amount, it's a certain amount of like joy that they get from it because they got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. See, the part of being in America, what drives a lot of people to be here is just the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when you see a person, especially a person that's coming from Mexico, that's running with boxes. To make a living for their family, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at a motherfucker from America standing on a street corner asking, asking for, for change. change. Yeah. Like, dog, it is a privilege to be in America, to be legally here. And somebody will come from another country and be chasing boxes to make a living. And it would, it, they do it with a fucking smile on their face. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you, you, you gotta, you gotta understand that, like, let's go back to the, the, the flowers. Like, imagine this. I was telling Keith, imagine I'm headed home and let's say it's my wife or my girlfriend's birthday. I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot. God damn it. And you driving down Rosa, all of a sudden you see a lady and she got flowers. And then it's a lady a little bit further down the street and she got fruit. And now I get fruit and flowers for my wife. And she never knew I forgot. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So they provide a service. That's- I, just, I just picked. I was telling Eddie off the air. I, I just picked up some because yesterday was my uh, my aunt's birthday. Right. And I picked up two bouquets of flowers, and you know, it was super convenient. Twenty dollars. You hit the hit the road, and then you know, call it a Man, day. Let's keep this a whole buck. <clears throat> if you on the let's say you you see a hot dog cart right, and you going down the street and you buy a hot dog right, mm-hmm. are you gonna ask them, hey? Do you have a license to be selling these hot dogs? Yeah. Man, you don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't give a fuck when I'm buying a hot dog from a stranger. I'm already buying it from a stranger. I, I mean, the <laughs> thing about it, too, as far as like everything being on, on the up and up and everything being legal, it's just paperwork at the end of the day. Right. Like, you know what I mean? If they got their paperwork or their permit, then they would have had, you know, they would have been legalized. But right. outside of that, that they're not doing anything wrong. And then yeah. also there's there's companies that I worked for and there's companies that Eddie has probably worked for that they wasn't doing everything by the books. No. People was getting paid under the table. Yeah. People was like, you know, I was a, it was a, what was that? It was a certain job that I, oh, I was doing a security job and yeah. um, for a couple months I was getting paid under the table. Yep. I just get it, you know, some cash Envelope at the end of the get, day. Yep. Oh yeah, I've done it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten money under the table. Like mm-hmm. nobody, and it was crazy. It's like Girl Scout cookies, that's legal. Yeah, like y'all charging all this money. First of all, the Girl Scout cookies are fucking amazing. I don't know yeah, what it Girl is Scout about them. Good. They good. They ninety two dollars, but the motherfuckers, <laughs> those motherfuckers are good. Mm-hmm. So they can legally stand out in front of a store and sell cookies with no license. Yeah. So you selling these expensive ass motherfucking cookies with no mm-hmm. license? Yeah. And that's legal, but a person selling fruit is not legal. They have to have a permit. Yeah. One other thing too, I think we have to really look at what the penalty of doing something illegal is right like, the penalty of doing something illegal shouldn't be getting attacked by you know some random person right it, it shouldn't be death for the most part obviously there are certain things where you know if you if you uh you know a pedophile whatever the case may be yeah. may be you know you might want to um you know, put them, you know, utilize a death penalty in those cases. But for the most part, if a person just steals something out of a store, if a person is doing something in an illegal street vendor or whatever the case may be, that doesn't need to result in any sort of attack. No. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it breaks my heart, bro. When I when I see somebody, you know, whether it's the the lote man, the ilotero or, you yeah. know, the ice cream, the little Rosa, the Rosa trucks with the ice cream mm-hmm. in it, whatever. And you see somebody getting beat up or shot. And it's like, fuck, man, like these like these people was off limits. They always been off limits. Like everybody, especially if you grew up in the hood or whatever, mm-hmm. everybody eat off the same carts, the same trucks, the same candies. Nobody was beating up the motherfucking ice cream man back then. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this shit is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then the person with I, I just uh, under no circumstances, just somebody that's trying to make a living be fucked with. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if somebody was fucking with you on your job. Right. That would be fucked up. Mm-hmm. But the difference with them is, is this is like a real hustle to make money, bro. Yeah. You know, like even the uh, the lote, the, the lote man, they got like this big tub that's kind of like warm, but they got the butter and the mayonnaise and all of that. And they selling that. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think my, my heart goes out to these people because um, even the guy I bought the stuff from yesterday, um, <clears throat> He barely spoke English, you know right, what I mean. And right. So I'm, I'm just, um, you know, just understanding like, you know, all these thoughts is going through my mind about how he got here and the struggle he going through and and all these kind of things and like how 
I'll be seeing some of these these people. It'd be dark outside. Bruh. It'd be like nine p.m. Yeah, and they still dangerous. standing out there with their Valentine's Day balloons. Yeah, and I'm just like, yo, man. I just I I, I would hope that um, you know they is making ends meet and they are you know providing for their family. But I'm just like, Bruh. man, it just it's sad. Well, fuck me up. I remember one time I was headed to I was at work and I was take get, grabbing a load out in Riverside. Mm-hmm. And when I was headed out there, I seen this dude. He had like like multiple things of flowers in his arm and it started raining like a motherfucker like mm-hmm. it started raining hard and he just busted out a fucking uh umbrella and the wind was blowing too and the umbrella was getting blown it was water all over the place and he still had them flowers standing out there trying mm-hmm. to sell that sh- and i was like fuck i didn't have no cash on him i would have mm-hmm. just just hit the hit the park brakes on my truck and hopped out and mm-hmm. gave him some money just be i would have gave him money strictly based off the fact that look i'm at work and I'm I'm blessed enough to where I don't have to worry about money like that. I'm not fucking rich, mm-hmm. but I make enough money to where if I see somebody that's that's struggling or could use a hand, I could give them a hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I remember one time I bought uh, this dude had a bunch of oranges and he had some like these little bags of oranges and but he had some big ones. I just took one orange and gave him like 20 bucks and he mm-hmm. was like, hey, hey, like trying to give me like he thought he was ripping me off. I mm-hmm. did it on purpose. I was like, no, it's cool, man. Just mm-hmm. keep that. Yeah. You're just trying to help. They probably been out here all motherfucking day. Yeah. That's what it'd be looking like, too. And who knows how many people stop, especially the places they be in. If you're in the hood, you know, I think more people are like more likely to stop. You know what I mean? But sometimes like like where that dude was at, he was out in Rosedale. Uh yeah, he was out there in Rosedale. Yeah, yeah, Rosedale. Those people out there, they're not as forgiving as you know some of the the people in you know sections we live in. So. True. Like if you come more like mid city or further back the other way, like on the east side, mm-hmm. you gonna you gonna get a more you gonna get more love over there. Mm-hmm. You go out there on river like near Rosedale trying to sell flowers. Get out of our country! <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> we we hate Joe Biden. It's like this got nothing to do with this person trying to make a fucking living, you dickhead. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. This shit wild, bro. Man. Man, you know what's wild too about conservatives and liberals? What's funny about conservatives and liberals is like when Trump became president, they was like, look at the president already making this country the best country ever. He had been president for like two weeks. <laughs> like, motherfucker, how is he changing anything in two weeks? Yeah. That's not how nothing works. He barely moved his luggage. That's, in nothing that how, that's not how nothing works. That's not how legislation works. That's not how nothing works. Yeah. All and, he did was start signing stuff and it was like taking those pictures. Yeah. You know, just taking them now, pictures in there. Now Biden president and all of a sudden the COVID, COVID is like magically starting to go away. Concerts yeah. opening Stuff opening up, yeah. Everything's starting to open up. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, okay, like Mm -hmm. Joe Biden is bringing our country back. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what is this nigga doing? (laughs) Yeah, Joe Biden just fell a week ago, man. He just fell down on the the (laughs) Air Force One, and now the whole country's starting to open up. (laughs) First of all, I'm happy though. I'm not. I'm not complaining Mm -hmm. that is things are opening up. We need Mm -hmm. we need less restrictions, Mm -hmm. you know. But I don't want to go on a tangent. But this is a whole nother topic. Is the more things are starting to open up, you're starting to see more mass shooters. Yeah. These motherfuckers is popping up. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting in quarantine with bad mental health, but they ain't had the opportunity to really, really hit people up like that. Yeah. And now these motherfuckers starting to pop up. Yeah. So it's like, man, but I ain't going to go yeah. down that one hole. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the ones where you just, your mind gets to wonder and you're just like, man, yeah. God forbid. Right. Just look, man, at the end of the day, when you see somebody, let's be clear to you, you're not going to agree with everybody, man. 
Mm-hmm. If you see somebody selling fruits and stuff and you like they're not they're probably not legal. They're probably not from here and they they shouldn't be selling this stuff illegally. Let me be very clear here. You don't have to agree with somebody or their situation to have empathy. Look at the very basic things that exist in that situation. This is a person trying to make a living while offering a product and a service. Mm-hmm. If you don't want the service, just keep it fucking moving. Yeah. Okay. Just mm-hmm. keep it fucking moving, man. You ain't got to get out and be violent or call the police on them for selling it. You really going to call the police on a person <clears throat> selling flowers? Yeah. I would just hope that they would keep that same energy. Like there's a lot of uh, a lot of those people that is certain uh, tariffs and stuff that, you know, certain companies have yeah. uh, overridden and, and treaties and stuff, digging in certain lands and stuff that they're not supposed to. But, right. you know, us as Americans, we just kind of bypass that. But if it's somebody making a small footprint on right. our society or they're selling something, maybe without getting taxed on it, it's a whole ordeal. Right. I'm going to fuck you up with this one. We live in a country where we're, we're more mad at a drug dealer that's nickel and diamond on the, ro- on the side of the street than Big Pharma. Yeah, we more mad at the dude that's a that's in a gang that's selling the drugs for ten to twenty dollars at a time. We more mad at him than the motherfuckers that's selling legal drugs like Percocet mm-hmm. and and Adderall and all and it's people that's killing themselves mm-hmm. over this shit, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta cut that shit out, man. Don't be more mad at the vendor than the. Uh, what would be a good comparison? The, I guess a bigger vendor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What the, I don't know. All I know is, is it's, it's not worth. Mm-hmm. It's not worth going crazy over, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's that. All right. Switching gears. Um, social proof without proof. I think that we live in a country, or just we live in a time. Excuse me. We live in a time where a lot of people they want they want you to have a certain perspective of them. They're fighting for you to notice certain things about them. And um, Keith gave a perfect example earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, try to explain your way through that. Yeah, I got you. So there's this uh, there's this guy I know. Without getting to, like, I don't want to bring up the technical terms. I was, but but mm-hmm. basically, there was this guy that I know. He's a he's a rapper out here, and um, he was celebrating. And I don't want to give too much detail because you might. I don't want to like point this person out. Like, fuck you, bro. Whoever you are, dude. <laughs> fuck yourself, bro. <laughs> So basically, there's this guy who was celebrating this uh, this victory, you know, as far as his his music goes. And it's something that is a it, it can be attached to like something that is um, visible to the entire world, you know, because when you look at these streaming platforms and stuff like that, there's certain ranks like uh, I think uh, The Weeknd is like number one in the world right now. I think he's oh, yeah. been there since the Super Bowl. Yeah. It'd be crazy, like 70 million streams. It's something stupid. You know yeah, what I like mean? 76 million or some shit. Yeah, something stupid, ridiculous. Um, and then you got Drake on there. He's probably somewhere in the top 10 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, so you got all these these things and Spotify is is fairly transparent with um how the how the numbers go out so basically this guy he was like yo we reached this plateau as far as like my streams and whatnot and i want to celebrate it so he was kind of i won't call it a press run but he was doing like a you know a bunch of celebratory posts um back to back to back and you know he's celebrating with his team and popping bottles and stuff like that taking taking uh shots and or doing toasts or whatever 
And for me, I'm always, I'm a pessimist. So, and I also make music and I understand like streaming and stuff. So, and I know what my numbers are compared to other artists here in town. Right. Um, Cause I, I, try, I try to do like a comparison just to see like how, how, how my career is in comparison to other guys. Like a guy like Joe Maynard, he's one of the artists out here that's really doing numbers. Shout out to Joe Maynard. Obviously there's guys like Zakari and um, it's other artists out here that, uh, uh, that do Dylan that's on him. He was on American Idol and I don't know how much, you know, you know, streaming he's doing, but he's also like, he's not really like in the culture. I'm more so talking about hip hop, R&B, stuff like that. Right. So Basically, this guy, you know, he's, he goes on this whole like celebratory post uh, and whatnot. And so I double back and I checked the I checked the actual f- facts. I'm checking the numbers and they're not matching up at all. And mm. I'm scratching my head. I'm like, yo, like what 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 would make him say this? So I'm checking other stuff. I'm checking maybe Apple or, you know, the YouTube or whatever. And I'm trying to find out the actual proof of what he's claiming in these posts and nothing connected. You know what I mean? And the the number there was such a despair in what he was saying is in what they were showing on Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud or whatever that I was just confused as to why he was doing it. And then it dawned on me that he's trying to provide this social proof without actual evidence because right. he don't he doesn't expect that somebody would go and check. Yeah, go Mm -hmm. and fact check what he's talking about. And what happens is instead of people wanting to put the work in, like it's okay to have um, 10 monthly listeners on Spotify. It's okay to have five, you know, it's okay to have 100 listens on your song on Spotify. That's perfectly fine, you know, because it's something to, you know, something that that you should say, like, I want to grow, I want to market myself, I want to promote myself, I want to make better music, I want to get my stuff mixed better, and eventually I want to grow that number to 200. But if you're out there and you're trying to like uh, fake it till you make it, that's too much. That that doesn't do anything for your fan base because no. you're there. Are some there are people that are already not listening to your music. It doesn't necessarily drive them to listen to your music more. You're providing no. this this uh, this false re- or this false narrative to your career, and it does nothing for you outside of there may be a couple of oblivious people on your Instagram, putting the clap, you know, the clapping hands, or they may right. put the fire emoji or congrats, bro, or whatever, but they're not doubling back and listening to your music. No, it's, a, you gotta remember, it's about the content, man. Mm-hmm. Some of the best artists you'll probably ever see in the world are on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. They don't oh, even, facts. they're not even signed to deals. And yeah. they put the content out, right? And mm-hmm. it, it's sad, man. It's sad when you, you live by this fake it till you make it shit. And what happens is, is when you're faking it, why would you expect to make it? Yeah. Like you, you're, you're, you're not, your story is incomplete because you're not taking people along the journey for you. Mm-hmm. Like the people that fuck with you say, Hey, you know, you, you should have flows. that's like, look, I ain't made it yet, but you know, or you should let them know, like, mm-hmm. look, I ain't made it yet. I ain't got a, a big fan base, but whoever fuck with me, I love y'all. Thank you for listening to my music. Yeah. That you should know? be the tone of yo. Yeah. When we end this podcast every time I'll be like, if you made it to the end of this podcast, thank you for listening. You know, basically, like we appreciate you genuinely because yeah. you, you've given us your ear mm-hmm. for whether it's an hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. Like we don't take that lightly that you listen. We don't take it lightly that you share it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's or it's an organic, it's an organic group of people that we've gained over time by showing through social proof. Mm-hmm. Like we have real social proof. We have mm-hmm. real numbers mm-hmm. with all the platforms together. It's, it's thousands and thousands. <laughs> Just on SoundCloud alone, it's over 30-something thousand probably, mm-hmm. uh, you know, listens. And then plus the other platforms, 
Yeah. Got to be around 60 some thousand. Yeah. So we've got that many listens and I'm just a truck driver. Keith's a, a, a you know, a film director and, and a writer. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, we're two guys from this city that are, that are engaging people based on us being ourselves. Yeah. Now here's the thing. The trip to the top takes longer when you're not trying to be like someone else, but it's worth it because now it's effortless because you never try to be someone else. Yeah, facts. It that's a that's a good point I had. I was um I was thinking the other day, um, I was sitting in the studio with, you know, a certain artist and whatnot. And I, I thought about that idea. I was like, yo, it's it's easy. Um, well, in ref- even to, in reference to like a gangster rap, right? Uh-huh. So gangster rap is like this tried and true method. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you have this gang member that raps about guns and drugs and stuff like that. People gravitate towards it. People in the hood, like people in their neighborhood going to listen to it. They're going to mm-hmm. share it around the hood. They're going to play it in their car and, it, and it'll go up. And what happens mm-hmm. with those guys also is they probably sound like Mozzie. Uh-huh. They probably sound like you know, whatever rapper is popping in LA right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just make a, their version of, of that song. So it's just easy for them to pop because it, it's almost like sampling a, like sampling a song. You know right. what I mean? It's something that you already heard from before you're familiar with it. And, you know, it's the same cadence, the same rhythm, the same type of beat. And, um, it just go, it goes up after that. But if it's something new to your ears, it takes a while for people to actually yeah. like, warm up to it. You know, like the I'm sure the yeah. first time we've heard like a Russ or a Gambino or a J. Cole and they are, you know, people that have, uh, you know, I would say more so like their own lane in comparison yes. to what's going on in the in the landscape of music. Yes. You got to warm up to it. Like, yo, like what? You know, you may hear it a couple of times and be like, oh, this is cool. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't really nothing that, you know, is like striking to me. And then you hear it more and more and more. And then you're like, yo, I'm a real fan. Like these Hell dudes yeah. is really out here versus that person that's doing the replica of whatever. So, um, yeah, I just I, I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. And you, and you look at Childish Gambino's growth, like from when he was first doing all those uh, videos on the Internet. And then he mm-hmm. what was that show he was on for a while? Um, Community. Yeah. Community he was on mm-hmm. Community. And then, you know, you but you look at like what his music, what kind of fan base he had when we went to the Childish Gambino concert. It was just a bunch of people that mm-hmm. I would say that are like. You could tell that they're probably a lot like me and Keith. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Lot, lots of Asians too. Like he has a really huge Asian <laughs> fan base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're, it's Los Angeles too. It's yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. Asian population. But I just feel like just the type of people that go there. But the reason why is I say that is because they they could relate to the music. They can mm-hmm. relate to the the human being putting out the content. Yeah. So when you fake it, you're not giving people a chance to see the real you, mm-hmm. and you're lying. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're never going to engage people, dude. You're going to quit, too. Yeah. Look, I'm going to just I'm going to keep it real. If it, I know for a fact that things that I say, if I talk about things in the future, I feel a lot more comfortable saying these things or making these proclamations because I know that I'm being myself. Yeah, you could stand on that. I could stand on that. What, what happened, like you said, the, the quitting aspect of it. And we, we've seen it before. We've seen it play out in front of us. Um, yeah. You, you're trying to uh, uphold an image, you know what I mean? So what happens is that same person that's like, yo, I did this. Hey, check out my uh, my new single. You know, it just went platinum or something like that. Right. And we're like, what? Platinum. Yeah, platinum. It, that's it. You know, there's actual, you know, numbers and RIA yeah. certifications that go along with that. So you look yeah. that up and it's not there. But what happens is, is those people never catch fire. 
because they just be lying their whole career yeah. and they're not actually putting the work in. They're just acting like they're putting the work in. And then eventually they stop doing it. And it's just like, you know, it's a memory at that point. Or like, oh, I, I would have been, you know, the biggest artist out, but this happened or whatever. Yeah. And you can't lie to people that actually know the business. Like mm-hmm. if you went platinum or whatever, they say, hey, so what, who you signed to? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm independent. Yeah. I know that it's harder to beat, like get those like. Uh, what do you call it? It's hard to get those, um, I guess, accolades when yeah. you're independent. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's like, not too many artists that are independent that like truly independent. Right. And you're like truly independent as in a guy like Russ. There so you Russ go. Russ literally uploads the songs himself, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I know like people like I'm not saying I know the business in and out, but I know enough mm-hmm. about it to know like if you're independent and you say you're a platinum, whatever selling artist, where's your money, motherfucker? Because you'll have it. Mm-hmm. You definitely, if you got, if you're platinum, platinum selling artist mm-hmm. and you're independent, you have to have money. Yeah, and nice. and and you're gonna be making more money. I won't say you're making more, but you probably will than if you were signed to a major label. Yeah, the major label. It's easy to believe that you're platinum if you have a major label that has a machine pushing behind you, mm-hmm. all the promotions and going to different radio stations and all that. That's kind of forcing you on top of people, so they're gonna check your shit out. Yeah, and they might happen to like it. But ain't nobody dumb, bro. I, it's so sad. I see people lying all the time. How are you a platinum selling artist and you work at Arby's, bro? <laughs> this nigga making sandwiches. So, I'm telling you, like, especially when it comes to content, yeah. I've seen people lie so often. Like, people will post stuff like, yo, shout out to, you know, my followers or shout out to my fans. I just reached 100,000, yeah. you know, uh, listeners on Spotify or whatever. And then you go look at their page and it'd be like five monthly listeners. And I'm just like, unless those five people are streaming your songs, like they just got it on repeat or whatever. That's just not the case. Yeah, so, you're fucking lying. Yeah. Stop fucking lying, man. Stop. There's some people, too. And this is no slight to anyone in particular. But there's some people, especially local rap artists, that'll be like, we doing this. that We getting this. And we going we up. Going up. Mm. But let's just tell the fucking truth, Keith. Our analytics are better than theirs. And we do a podcast, yeah. a long, a long form podcast. That's an hour and a half to two hours, and we're averaging more listens per week and overall. We have probably, I would say, probably 15,000 more listens yeah. in the time we've been doing this mm-hmm. than a person that considers themselves to be an artist. Yeah. That doesn't make any That's sense, true. man. If you're Very an true. artist, put out the fucking work. You, sh- mm-hmm. you should never let a podcast out. If a podcast is out doing you, a local one, that's not good. Yeah. You're not putting out enough music, dude. Mm-hmm. We do this shit every week. And the next podcast will be the third, the three year anniversary, mm-hmm. literally three years of content every single week. Yeah. Not one week missed for three fucking years. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare come to me. Yeah, I work hard. Yeah. Well, why ain't you ain't got no content out, man? Mm-hmm. Like you ain't got no content out. Where's your music? You ain't put yeah. out a song in what? Seven months? Yeah. I, I, that was a time where um, we were in a studio Um and this is we were in a, the studio in LA, and there's this this, uh, this small like they're like an indie indie label that right. has like a major label distribution type of thing connected to it. And um, Doggy Style Records, <laughs> yeah. So the dude he um he he's like one of the executives on the the label, and one of my boys had played a song from his cousin uh, while we were there, and the song was dope. So he played it, and we you know we nod our head, we listened until he's like, yo, this is fire. And the first thing the dude said was like. Yo, the song is dope, but what's the social media look like? So basically, that told me is like, 
all the 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 however dope your record is or however dope you know you however funny your skit is or whatever people don't care about that they care right. about actual numbers yeah like what are you doing on social media what are your monthly spotify listeners what is your youtube views looking like all that stuff matters more so than like these you know this this fake facade you guys are putting on yeah if you and here's another thing too you you could take this I don't even want to call it advice, but you can take it or leave it. If you're an artist, put out some fucking music, man. That's what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. If you got these, it's like a bunch of people doing the same stuff. It's this fake lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of like fancy clothes and and all. Like nobody give a fuck about that. You're not Meek Mill. Yeah. You know what's funny about people? They think that they, in order for them to be relevant, they have to put out this facade as if they're rich or they're doing something when you don't. If you look at Childish Gambino, he has nothing posted on his Instagram. The only time when Childish Gambino... He just Gamb- posted. Huh? He just posted. You lying. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you missed it? Yeah, I missed it, man. It was a... Yeah, I'm talking like out of my weird, ass. It's weird, like, uh, flip phone camera... Really? Picture, or it's picture from the set of season three of uh, Atlanta. Wow. When is that shit coming back? Uh, it's supposed to be next next year, I think. What the fuck? Why don't I see it? It's on his Instagram? Mm-hmm. Why am I not seeing this? There's a picture of him and Lakeith and Zazie Beats. That's right here. Hold on, cuz. Hold on. That nigga blocks you, cuz? I don't you know. Like, blocks you? I don't see him on here, bro. <laughs> send it Send it to me. Okay, hold on. That's up. weird. What the hell? Wouldn't that be the most random shit ever if that nigga blocked me? <laughs> I ain't did nothing to get blocked. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's uh, funny. I'm like, oh, hell no. I know this nigga ain't blocked me. That's comedy. Oh, no, cuz. That's crazy. Oh, you just sent it to me right now? Yeah. All right, let me see. See if I can. I'd be crazy, bro. Oh, he changed his name. That's why. It was Childish Gambino. He changed it to Donald, to Donald Glover. Yeah, I follow him. He just posted it. Wow. Day Zero, Season 3, ATL. That's so dope. All right. What, that, my, it's, it became one of my favorite shows. Oh, that's weird because it, it literally just changed on mine, too. Because I typed in, when I typed in Childish Gambino, his thing came up. But it's, it did. But it changed. But the fan to, pages and sick shit came up. It changed to. It must have just happened because when I typed it in before the podcast. Oh, it said Childish Gambino? Yeah, so but I know right now tripping. It, it just cha- like literally changed right in front of me. I was like, oh, man, I know this nigga ain't blocked me. That's funny. Yeah, but but to, to our point, the point is like he's a guy that just pops up with content. You know what I mean? He had short films on Amazon. He had an album come out during the quarantine. Um, he working on a show right now. There's no fluff. There you go. And there's no, hey guys, you know, my album went platinum and yeah, I'm celebrating life and pulling up in fancy cars and stuff like that. It's just straight content. That's yeah. what we care more, most about. Like, right. I, me personally, I don't care what kind of car Meek Mill drives. No, I don't give a fuck either. It's you not mine. I mean? If Meek Mill drops music, you know, I may uh, listen to it. But as far as like what kind of car he's driving, some like motivational speech or who, whatever rapper, you know what I mean? I don't care about none of that. If you if you're a content creator, if you're an actor or whatever, I want to see what type of content you're putting out. Right. OK, let's say, for example, and I'm speaking this into existence, you know, within the coming years, me and Keith get recognition for the podcast content. We start making a lot of money. 
not only from the podcast, but from other avenues, right? Mm-hmm. And people find out what my network, what keep net, what his network is, worth is, mm-hmm. and they know that we make a lot of money. I don't give a fuck about how much money I make. My my same attitude is getting the content out to the people. Mm-hmm. Why does me having a lot of money even matter at that point? Yeah. If I made the money off of creating content, I'm not going to show you me driving some brand new Bentley every other fucking day. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the content. Now, I could tell you about my journey and how life is different, you know, because I'm worth nine million dollars now and tell you how much of a trip it is and how I spoke that into existence and how I overcame these things. Mm-hmm. But what the fuck is that going to do for you? Just me showing you cars. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. You can't relate to that. That's not a relatable. You don't. The average person listening to the podcast won't be driving a Bentley. Mm -hmm. They won't be driving a Maserati. Yeah. So my thing is, I like to relate on very basic general topics. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these people, man, they try to act like they made it and they ain't even made it yet. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. And hey, if y'all got a friend that's doing this bullshit, share this podcast, man. (laughs) Let them know like, hey, man, motherfuckers is on to you, man. Cut it out. Mm hmm. All right. All right. Switching gears. Money gives you options. Um, I, I thought about this earlier because when you grow up poor, you realize that you have very limited options when you grow up poor. Um, when you know, when you grow up poor, man, and you go home and your parents make dinner like you don't got options that they, they, they make what they make. And if you don't want it, then you could just fucking starve. Yeah. You don't be like, well, mom, I feel like chicken nuggets. We'll be like, well, we don't got chicken nugget money. Mm-hmm. If you ever grew up poor, you understand exactly what the fuck I mean. Mm-hmm. Right. Money gives you options, even with food. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it's crazy. Like now I could leave the studio once we done with the po- I could eat whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. I go to any steakhouse. I could go in and out. I could go to get tacos or panda or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get whatever the fuck I want to eat because I have the money to do it. Am I saying I'm rich? No. But I'm saying I am financially comfortable enough to get the shit that I want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, even when it comes to, like, um, what's another one? Even the car you drive. Yeah. When you when you don't have money, you don't have options. I used to ride the fucking get bus. I used to ride the city transportation to go to when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And it was a small stint where I didn't have a car after that. So when you ride in the get bus around town, you don't have no options. Because if you don't drop, get on the bus, that means you're going to be walking. Unless you got a fucking skateboard or some shit. Mm-hmm. Even the women you date. You can only have access to certain women. There are tons of women that don't like broke men. Mm-hmm. You are off limits to them. They are like, nope, you're broke. Can't do that. Do you think that a broke dude could get with Beyonce? Fuck no. Don't matter how handsome that dude is. He will never have access to Beyonce because his bankroll too short. He won't, they won't even meet. There's no way they would even There's no way they would meet. across one another. They don't even live in the same world. You no. got to realize that your tax bracket also, you can only exist in a certain world. If Okay, let me just be very clear. If I was making like $823,000 a year, mm-hmm. chances are I would be living in a certain place, which means those certain people make the same amount of money that I would make or more, which means I have a whole group of friends that live a certain type of lifestyle and those friends don't mingle with other people. Yeah. So your money, what you make also gives you access or almost, I won't say denies 
having more money gives you more access to what you want. Period. You, you if you if you need an example of it of this, look at social media, right? right? And look at people's comments every time, you know, somebody that you follow that has a blue check um, post something. And when that person with the blue check posts something, you'll see four, five, six, seven, eight comments there with you blue go. checks right underneath it. Yes. And you're like, oh, how do these people know each other? Because they're all there you go. have some sort of notoriety. But yeah. me, on the other hand, when I post something, it's just some niggas from Bakersfield. In my yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. giving you some flame emoji. <laughs> yeah. The flame emoji, flame emoji. <laughs> uh, black hand claps. <laughs> black hand claps. Damn, keep the stick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be, oh, yo, I would never let you live that down. If I'm reading your comments, you post something and <laughs> some, some dude is in the comments like, damn, that nigga keep his thick. I'll be like, oh, bro, look. I would screenshot that comment and put it on my story. Uh, I ain't gonna front. I wouldn't even erase that. You just I, leave me? Yeah, I would just leave it. I ain't tripping that much on that kind of comment. I just, it'd be some niggas that'd be like, especially the New York niggas, you know, the New York niggas be extra homophobic. Yo, homophobic. yo, be you mad thick, son. <laughs> Yo, son, you gotta pause that, son. Get off my, get off my live with that, son. Your pants, your pants too tight, son. <laughs> you wear pants that tight, you gotta wear Tim's with them, son. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, being thick and all that. Bro. Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh man, man. but yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Money gives you access, man. It's just the God's honest truth. Yeah. I was telling Keith earlier too, like, um, no, no woman wants a guy that they feel is a financial burden. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what they say. Yeah. In order for a man to even lead a household, like for a woman to look at a man as a lead, he has to be doing something in his life that represents something great or have the financial power in that relationship mm-hmm. bottom line mm-hmm. bottom fucking line mm-hmm. you can't lead as a man when you broke yeah if you broke that means you're not doing nothing to change it and the woman you with will not respect you yeah if you know somebody like this share this podcast with them this nigga <laughs> share this podcast you know what's worse with being broke um having uh a broke mentality. There right? you go. Because I, I, and it's, it feels, it saddens me to even say this, but I knew people that had, had such a crutch to where their actual job applications had to be filled out by other people. Right. And I'm not talking about no college professor or, you know, a job inside of, you know, an executive at Bank of America or something like that. I'm talking about a regular job where you got to put, you know, your work history and your name, your social, like they, they had to have their job application filled out by somebody else. Man. So that's just like a broke mentality on top of them, you know, not having actual tangible money. Yeah, man, look here, dude. Being broke is just a bad, se- <clears throat> it's just a bad season, man. It's mm-hmm. not, it's nothing wrong with being broke, but it's something wrong with staying broke. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. I've been broke for quite a few times in my life yeah okay i've already told you the story where i thought i was okay and all of a sudden they was repoing my car driving off of my car and i had to take the fucking bus back home okay Mm -hmm. so i'm speaking from experience you have you have access to certain things in life when you do make money am i saying you need to be rich no i'm just saying that money does give you more access to shit man yeah and it's the god's honest truth Mm -hmm. um we already talked about, you know, dating and whatnot. But let me give you an example, right? 
Let's say you go out on a date and you ain't got a lot of money, but you want to take a check out. And you're like, okay, man, I can't spend more than $30 because I still got to pay this bill. If you're worried about, you know, one trip taking a woman out is going to break your pockets, man. Then that's just a different reality, dude. Yeah. I've literally had to, I literally had to call a date off before back in the day because I I didn't have enough money to take the check out. And I had to lie and say that something came up. Mm Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing, bro. Mm-hmm. But that's the reality. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And another one too that's true. Women ain't going out like fools no more, bro. There's some people that still think like, you know, well, I got good dick. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I may be broke, but I got good dick. Women mm-hmm. ain't falling for that, bro. Mm-hmm. If you broke nowadays, bro, women will find the newest high tech dildo to fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't need you to fuck them. Not at all. They they tired of broke motherfuckers, man. And mm-hmm. and and I'm saying this not to chastise and talk down to men. I'm saying this because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's it's the God's honest truth. If you broke and you stand there and you you don't got no, I'm talking about broke down, no job, no 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 kind of drive, no mm-hmm. kind of nothing. Women ain't fucking nobody like that. Yeah. The thing is, is that money is not everything. Nope. Um, but it's extremely important, right? Yes. So for me personally, I don't put much stock into um, like how much money people are making or whatever. Right. But at the same time, like I think Gambino said, he's like, money is power. Like, it we is. Need, we need money to, to do stuff, right? Yes, we do. Um, so it's the thing is, and I talked about it before, um, like you got you to gotta play the game, right? So- for people that are just like, you know, I, I'm okay with, you know, just working at a fast food restaurant and making $20,000, $25,000 a year and just having a small apartment. And right. that that's fine. You, if you want to live that life, that's that's great. But you can't expect society to come level with you or come and be on your, your side of the, the argument because we that, that our country is just a capitalist country you know yeah. what i mean you can't you can't be a person that's just one single person that doesn't make a lot of money trying to change the narrative of how we look at money so if that's the case then i'm gonna run it up you know what i Facts. mean i'm not gonna be out here trying to change the world i'm gonna just you know change my financial state and you know and take it take it from there double up yeah. <laughs> I just thought about Nips. That's crazy, man. It's, he said he said, said Nipsey was Jesus, bro. <laughs> That'd be crazy, man. Hey, imagine like if Jesus come back and then like the the, the clouds just part open yeah. and then and then all of a sudden you hear try. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was funny. Oh man, that would be a crazy. They should make like an animated cartoon of that. With Nipsey being Jesus. Yeah, just That'd the, be funny. The, the clouds just parting it up, and yeah. then you just hear that song come up. Motivation, <laughs> hard, hard work, work plus, plus patience. patience. Some of them must sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> What's up, Cuz? I'm back. <laughs> Rest in peace, and Nip, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. We got a poster. Yeah. We got a poster of him over here in the studio. I'm looking at it right now, man. It's yeah, a trip. yeah. He just passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, it's been two years yeah. now, man. Mm-hmm. So shout out to him. All right, switching gears. Um, look. Um, Kevin Samuels, if you guys don't know who Kevin Samuels is, is it's it, I won't even want to call him a guru. He calls himself a uh an image consultant. Yeah. Right? And what he does is he has these hard conversations with men and women. A lot of times I agree with what he has to say based on the fact that 
he doesn't package it up in this nice way. He tells people what they 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 need to hear, not what they want to hear. And sometimes it's pretty it may come off as fucked up, but a lot of people need tough love, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, um, I heard him tell a man before, and, and it's the truth. You you got to hear these hard things as a man. It was a dude that, that called in and he said, all right, man, how tall are you? He said, I'm 5'5". Five, five. And he said, how much do you weigh? And I think he said something like over 200 pounds. He said, you short and overweight? You got to pick a struggle, man. God damn. And it sounded <clears throat> fucked up. Like, yo, like, that's messed up. But dog, that's not where it ended. Mm-hmm. He basically told the dude, so what do you do for a living? And then he told him, and he says, oh, so you don't make that much money either, right? He said, no, nah, I don't make very much money, man. And he said, look, so let me tell you which, which was going on with you. You overweight, short, and you make no money. Why would a woman want to be a part of your life? Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's just so painful to hear that. But it's like, dog, we live in a world full of results. Yeah. People want results. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about your feelings. If you're the, you the man of the house, let's say you you a husband, right? motherfuckers ain't caring what's, what you really going through. You need to lead. You have to pay the bills. You got to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. So as a man, we are more built to take on this harsh criticisms, right? Mm-hmm. So after the conversation, he actually gave that dude some constructive some constructive criticism. The dude took to a well and said, you know what? I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to make more money. But he basically ended saying, look, do it for you. Make the money for you. But women respect that and they notice it. And they're more attracted to you and they're more prone to want to be a part of your life when you're giving it all you've got. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was good information. Mm-hmm. Was it harsh the way it came off? Yes. But you can't be nice to people all the time. They'll never get the message. Mm-hmm. But to make a long story short, there was a woman that called in the other day. And this is where I strongly disagree with Kevin Samuels. The woman called in and she was 29. She's pretty sexy, too. And she basically said, um, that she broke up with her husband and she's single now. And she basically wanted to find out how she could get, you know, attract a man, attract a decent, I guess, high value man. Mm-hmm. And then he asked her, so why did you and your husband break up? She said he cheated on me, you know, and he she said he asked her. So was he hiding it or was he just doing it in plain sight? She said he was hiding it. He's like, so why did you break up with him then? And she was like, because he cheated on me. He said, um, well, Basically, all men cheat. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. He said all men cheat, especially high value man. A man is only as loyal as his options. And I was like, man, you full of shit, man. Yeah. yeah. Speak for your fucking self, bro. Yeah. Like the thing that here's the difference, man. Like I don't like when people make these statements and they consider themselves either image consultants or gurus, like that goddamn Derek Jackson with his sorry ass, mm-hmm. and then people feed into it. That's bad information. Yeah. You saying we all out here cheating. I actually can keep my dick in my pants, buddy. Yeah. You know, Keith's in a relationship. He's not a cheater either. Yeah, so my got... dick is in my shorts right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keith is wearing some cutoff sweats. <laughs> uh, you know, be fucked up. What if you said my dick is in my pants and you wouldn't wear no drawers? <laughs> It's only one layer in between your dick and the world. If you ain't wearing no underpants. <laughs> if you ain't wearing no drawers, nigga, you practically cheating. You, you cheat, man. <laughs> you cheating. If you hug a woman, you got no underwear on. Now she, you grinding on it with your dick. There's only a thin layer of denim between your cock and the world. 
I'm dead. That's you, funny. Yo, that's crazy. Can you be a can you be a faithful black man when you ain't wearing no underwear? <laughs> you gotta wear drawers to be that's part of being faithful. You gotta you gotta wear drawers. <laughs> dang. Oh dang. There's probably some dude out there that thought they was extremely faithful and then we right. just told them that they haven't if they not wearing drawers, they've been cheating. And yeah, just, man. I'm they had to really go in there and tell their wife, like, I'm sorry, babe, I've been cheating on you for the past. You know what I'm saying? However many months, I ain't been wearing no drawers. You really, you really not faithful if you ain't wearing no drawers and you wearing skinny jeans. That's uh, now you that's just crossing the line. Now you just for the streets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you sh- yeah. share this with your friends, man. If you ain't wearing no drawers and you wearing skinny jeans <laughs> for the streets, bro, you cheating on your wife, man. Cut it out. <laughs> What about what? What about women that don't wear no drawers? If women ain't wearing no panties and they're just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. Especially women be sweating down there too. They be acting like they don't. Yeah, you got you got too much WAP activity going on down there. <laughs> you better put some motherfucking panties on. <laughs> you put that or um some. You know what I've been seeing a lot of at the store, which is fucking hilarious, is those adult diapers. Oh yeah, and it has some chick on there on the package, and she was thick. I was like, really? "Damn, yeah. yeah!" I was like, "Yo, I would be tripping out. Imagine you in the, get real steamy, you and a girl in there, y'all about to get it on, and then you pull her, you know, pants down, and she got a diaper on. That's disgusting. Like at that point, I wouldn't even want to have sex no more. She could not explain that away. The only time I would bypass that if I was like sixty. That's different. If I was sixty and I was getting ready to get it on, I'd be like, "Girl, if you don't take that diaper off, <laughs> <laughs> throw that diaper in a circle. Throw that diaper in a circle. Throw that diaper in a circle. Yeah, throw that diaper in a circle." Oh, man, there's no sexy way of taking off a diaper either. It's just like you just got to sit there and wait. There's some diapers in this house. There's some diapers in this house. Yeah, certified free, <laughs> seven days a week. Wet ass pamper. Yeah. That pull out <laughs> That's crazy. I feel like a girl, if she took off a diaper and she was getting ready to have sex, the Jeopardy music would just automatically start playing. Really? Yeah. Fucking Alice Trebek come out of nowhere. I'll take Huggies for four hundred. <laughs> what is to what is depends for two hundred? Boop boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, what is Huggies? <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. In this popular lyric, Cardi B said, "Give me everything you got for this." <laughs> boop boop. Wet ass pussy. No, <laughs> it's wet ass depends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I got off track, man. But look, (laughs) to make a long story short, Kevin Samuels basically said all high value men cheat, but when they don't cheat, they're just making a, 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 they're basically making a choice not to cheat. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, man, if you don't shut the fuck up, bro. Yeah. Shut, look, here's the thing, fellas, share this with your friends, okay? All Mm -hmm. right, look. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you're single, bro, and you out here in the world and you enjoy your independence and you like having casual sex, that's fine. It's a way. It's a way of having casual sex and doing it and not being overly promiscuous, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have to commit to anybody. So you're living in a world where you're getting what you want and it's okay. There's no stakes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. when you with somebody, bro, keep your dick in your pants. As a man, I feel like it's an integrity problem 
when you can't keep your dick in your pants. Because, dog, there's always going to be a girl that looks better than your girlfriend. It's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. Yeah. They're always going to want to fuck you. And the thing about it, why do you think a lot of women be saying men ain't shit? They're not saying men ain't shit just because men ain't no good. It's because what those women have been able to get away with with married men mm. and men in relationships. Men, women can make they could persuade men to do shit even if the man is in a relationship. Mm. Here's the problem with me. If I'm married or have a girl, you can't convince me to do shit mm-hmm. because I've already had women like you. You're not enough for me to cheat on my girl. Yeah, I've already fucked girls like you. Why do I need to cheat on my wife or my girl to make a point? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, fellas, if you want, if you consider yourself a high value man and you have integrity, keep your motherfucking dick in your pants. Yeah, that that honestly, we talked about this before. There's nothing embarrassing about being a faithful man. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I, I'm I'm glad. Um, and obviously, these are men that have cheated already. Right, but you know they promote themselves as uh, non-cheating men currently. But I'm glad that they're, even if it's true or if it's not true, whatever, I'm glad that they're pushing this narrative, you right. know, like the black men don't cheat and all these kind of things because it's starting to it's starting to make not cheating or being faithful cool. It should have been. It, yeah, which it should have always been. But it, it is a thing. You, it's just less stress on you. You know, you, you're just, you're going to be um, far more blessed if you are a person that is uh, faithful, faithful to your wife or your husband, even so, I just think that um, it just, even the the whole cheating it just brings more pr- uh, problems, stress. Yeah. There's people, um, there's a person that I know that is probably <clears throat> the one of the more like uh, ment. I would say, I guess for lack of a better term, mentally ill. You know, he's stressed out. Oftentimes it battles, you know, certain uh, depressive states and things like that. But also at the same time, this person is a habitual liar and Mm. he has like a few different relationships and girlfriends and and baby mom. And it's just just a lot going on. And I know from the outside looking in that that is not something that I want to deal with because because we're 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 a podcast that thrives on creativity we we're trying to come up with different topics we're right. you know we're telling jokes and we're trying to have you know great conversations about things that we've seen during the week excuse me so excuse me so if we see something I mean, if that type of stuff is going on in my life, I can't come in here and laugh and joke with Eddie like you know i'm I'm right. thinking about. Is my phone locked? There you go. Did I delete that that comment or did I delete that that direct message or whatever? So it's just it's just look bad facts. Here's another thing too. You know what the big flex is the the biggest flex for you if you're a dude that's faithful and and you're doing it for you. You're not even doing it for your girl or your wife. You you doing it one. It is true. You kind of do it for them too because would you want somebody making you look stupid? Yeah. This is what you got to think about as a man when you got a wife or a girlfriend and she, let's say she steps out on you. That means somebody had her ass arched in the air fucking her from the back. Are mm-hmm. you okay with that? Yeah. Are you okay with a, somebody choking your girl out? Just pounding that wall. Pounding her ass out? Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? Well, the answer is no. Now your girl, if you cheat on her, she got to imagine you doing that to another woman. Yeah. Sex and won't even be the same after that. It won't even be the same because you having sex with a motherfucker you can't trust no more. Mm-hmm. So, yo, man, that ain't cool. The biggest flex for you when you are a faithful dude, you can put your phone anywhere. 
You can do whatever the fuck you want to do because you ain't even tripping. Mm-hmm. It takes a certain amount of maturity to step into the role of husband, father. Like that's a that's the next level. Mm-hmm. And in order for you to be on that level and a part of that club, you got to embody what that really means. Most people ain't built for marriage. Like and then society made it even worse because dog, it's set up for you to cheat. Snapchat, hide shit. Instagram, mm-hmm. you could sneak on there. You could send yeah. secret messages. Mm-hmm. It's motherfuckers. And here's the thing too, it's it's more obstacles now than ever when you with people. Because yeah. the same girl that says I love you, and you know I, I just think about marrying you and this and that, mm-hmm. it's a dude in her inbox that she was fucking before she met you, and they still message back and forth. It may be like some low key casual stuff. Gonna be but casual on stuff. On a certain night, he might slide in there. On a certain night, when y'all get in a big argument. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm just so annoyed. He's like, just come over. We'll talk about it. All of a sudden, he up in her guts. God damn. He up in her guts again, and it's because they had each other on Snapchat. Like, people need to realize there's a certain level of trust. There is a highest level. Mm-hmm. It's levels to trust. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I don't think you could ever say you love somebody if you don't respect and trust them. Respect, respect and trust is more important than love. Love comes after that shit. Mm-hmm. How the fuck you say you love somebody you don't really trust them? Yeah, what but Blas say loyal uh I want loyalty cuz love is overrated. Love is overrated. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time like those 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 uh, ideas are coupled with love. Facts. Like you said, it's you levels. can't love somebody without respecting them. You can't love somebody without, you know, <clears throat> being loyal to that person. Facts. Cuz you know, kind of referencing like the love languages, you're kind of dismissing a lot of those ideas if you are mm-hmm. out in the world sleeping with other women and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, man. You know? Are you spreading your love? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't even know if you're spreading love. You're just spreading dick at that point. Yeah. You got a dick dick spread. Yeah. That ain't even cool, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, man, at the end of the day, <clears throat> is it true that all men cheat? No. Maybe maybe some women want to believe that all men cheat because they've mm-hmm. been cheated on by all those du- by a bunch of dudes. But a couple things are true. One, you probably dating a low level dude. You got to realize the company you keep the most is who you are. Mm-hmm. So when you when you dated the last five dudes and each one of them was part of a bicycle club, uh, no, a, a motorcycle club, and they all worked in the oil fields and they all did, you dating the same motherfuckers, you getting the same results. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize they've dated the same people just in different bodies, and th- they've consciously done this shit on purpose. Yeah, and I it, think I think too. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, you but I think that um, as far as that segment he said about options, right? It's like if your dude is like of of any worth. Right. Then he he's he has options regardless, regardless of whatever you know. It's some dudes that work at the mall that's cracking multiple females out here. You know what yeah. I mean? There's some dudes that regular they may uh, be a trainer, they may be a, a freaking teacher, and they still cracking women. So yeah. I mean, I think that that whole <coughs> options thing is not really true because I think. Mm-hmm. For him, he was probably referencing like some sort of notoriety or some sort of like monetary thing. Um, but I feel like everybody has options because we've all dated people pre- prior to, you know, probably getting married or something yeah. like that. In regards to the story that I'm telling you about with Kevin Samuels, he talked about basically the girl said he cheated on me with his manager. The manager was a woman, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, she was also married. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it'd be a lot of married couples. That what they'll do is they'll cheat with another married person because they know that that person got something to lose. Yeah, they ain't gonna say nothing. They not. And this is the slick shit that it's been. It's been multiple married women that I could have fucked a long time ago. 
Yeah. But I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I feel like that's that shit ain't, man, that's just bad karma, G. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is, is married people be fucking other married people because they know that other person's afraid to say something. Mm-hmm. And people be bored. That's yeah. that's why it's so it's such a responsibility to be married, cause you gotta be used to one pussy, bro. Like if you if you can't handle that, don't ever get married. Yeah. Cause you're gonna get bored. You didn't you didn't hit you didn't have sex with your girl in every position known to man. You didn't had your dicks up from the back and everything. <laughs> yeah, your booty ate all that. Yeah, all of that, man. Mm-hmm. You didn't did everything. You didn't did the over the shoulder boulder holder. You didn't did everything. <laughs> over the shoulder boulder holder. <laughs> the dirty Sanchez. You didn't did everything. You got nothing left. You've explored every sexual option with the woman you got. It's gotta be a deeper connection that lasts long. Yeah. You know? Yeah, facts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're not about it, dude, don't don't get married, bro. I th- I think too, like I think um just overall, I think we put a lot or I think we put too much emphasis on sex and I think we put too much emphasis <clears throat> on uh on looks, right? And I think that's why a lot of these people um find themselves cheating a lot of the times because they First of all, like, you know, I don't know the real reason anyone cheats outside of the fact that they just wanted to. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, what I hear from other people is like, yo, she look good. Like, it's always like, she look good. She look good. Stupid. She look good. You know it's what I mean? And, and that, yeah, it's like you said, it's not enough. It's like it's just as a society and you hear it all the time, like it's the, the compliment always starts with how attractive this person That's is. It's never nothing stupid. of substance. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. If you still first of all, I'm going to keep it real. Attraction, I mean, it, you know, it's somewhat important, but I think that like if you're looking for some long term, how a person looks isn't all that important in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. because who a person is lasts longer than how a person person looks. Yeah, it looks going to deteriorate. They're going to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Your girl could be hot now. But if you here's the thing, if you dating a girl that's hot, she thick, she's sexy, but then you look at her mama and you like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and then the years come and then she start looking like that. <clears throat> you know, they go from looking like S- Selena and, and, and yeah. then they go start looking like the woman who shot her. Oh, God. <laughs> you got to be careful, man, what mm-hmm. you're getting into. But yeah. nah. Um, yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> if... In the grand scheme of things, man, just be faithful, dog. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 not it's not this uh, it's not impossible. It's very possible for for these dudes to, and even if you're a person that feels like, um, like for me, um, I choose not to do certain things because I know I can become a victim of certain addictions or whatever, right? Um, so for the guys out there that that think that they, you know, they don't know how to stay faithful or they always find themselves, you know, talking to other women or, you know, casually, you know, if they see a girl post something on a story, they're responding to it or whatever. If you're that type of person and you can't control certain urges to do certain things, you have to move accordingly. So if you have Instagram and you following all these these women or whatever and you you can't find it within yourself to have enough discipline to not talk to these people, maybe block them or mute them on your timeline or whatever. Um, just move in a way that would allow you not to even be um, enticed by those certain things. Facts. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's wrap. Let's be wrap it. Oh, no, we got. Let's go into this and knock these two out. Uh, switching gears. 
Kevin Durant recently went on a freaking rampage with mm-hmm. uh, Michael Rappaport on social media. It was really kind of shameful what he did. All right. <clears throat> Kevin Durant fined 50K by NBA for social media exchange with Michael Rappaport. Um, <clears throat> Kevin Durant was fined by the National Basketball Association on Friday over social media messages. He exchanged with comic actor Michael Rappaport. The fine total was $50,000, according to the league. Durant was fined for using offensive derogatory language, according to a statement from the league, which noted the NBA star acknowledged that his actions were inappropriate. Durant on Thursday addressed the messages he is accused of sending to Rappaport, which reportedly included threatening language and anti-gay and misogynistic slurs after the actor mocked him over social media. I'm sorry that people seen the language I used, Durant told reporters. That's not really what I want people to see and hear from me, but hopefully I can move past it and get back out there on the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, he said some really shameful stuff that I really don't want to, you know. Even the like the type of <clears throat> names he was calling him. Was yeah, it's ridiculous. Wild. Yeah, he was basically telling him like, you know, you know, Trump, you know, Trump never responded to your bitch ass, so. Now you're over here talking to me and mm-hmm. he just really insecure. This is what I'll say about Kevin Durant and we'll move on from this soon. But and Kevin Durant is highly insecure. It's really sad. It really is. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker reacts to everything somebody says. Mm-hmm. The number one, this is what I will tell anyone. Stop being so reactionary. Mm-hmm. Everyone is not worthy of you reacting to them. Mm-hmm. Period. If a motherfucker says, man, fuck you, Eddie. You ain't shit. You a bitch. You and Keith is bitches. And then I click on your profile and you look like a fucking Pokemon. I'm not responding to that. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. you are a miserable human being. And that's why you took a shot at me in yeah. the first place. Mm-hmm. And then more importantly, not even that. It's not about how a person looks. It's just like, yo, what do I have to gain by responding to you? You've yeah. already have a fixed idea of who I am. So I'm not helping the situation by telling you, hey, that's not right. I'm not really like that. You don't care. You just want the, the the best part of your day is trying to get a rise out of me. Yeah. Right. But the way Kevin Durant responded just shows that he's got a problem. You know, you got people that crack jokes on Kevin Durant's hair because his hair is fucked up, dude. <laughs> <clears throat> his hair is fucked up. Him and LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron probably has to be one of the more insecure guys. And you wouldn't think he is because he's arguably the best player in the world. But his hairline, man. Mm-hmm. He, he's literally lost so much of his hair and he patches it up and it's yeah. like dude you can't even face the music that mm-hmm. says a lot about you man yeah and then kevin durant has some weird hair he's got one of those like you know you know remember those feed the children commercials I'm back dead. in the day <laughs> the kid had flies on like that's the type of hair kevin durant's got on a side note uh in high school there was this white guy i knew that uh his family uh adopted some black kid. I, I don't know if they were African or not, but he was black. Hey, Ethiopian or some shit. No, nah, I don't think he was. A, I don't think he was African at all. I oh. just, I just know he was black. So I never heard him talk. I never really paid attention that close to him. He might have just been somebody from Bakersfield. But what happened was, uh, it was me and my boy Isaiah, and he sent a picture in a group message, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Hey guys, you know, as you know, my family just adopted such and such." Um, and he sent a picture, <laughs> he sent a picture of the kid's head. He's like, as you know, uh, you know, my family just adopted uh, his, his name might've been like Israel or something. It's like, my family just adopted Israel. Um, do you guys know how to get rid of these things in his head? <laughs> 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 
what? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? What? <laughs> All he had was just a nappy head. Like he just <laughs> he just needed a brush. <laughs> <laughs> just get a comb, motherfucker. Oh my god. Yo, hey, hey, look here. This is yo, this is a disclaimer to the white people out there. If you adopt a black child. Just get him a fucking comb. <laughs> get him a comb. The comb that shit. Get him a comb and a do-rag and call it a get day. Get him a do-rag, a comb, and some uh, <laughs> a, a lifetime supply of hair grease, which is only one can of Murray's. <laughs> or, or Dax Wave. That is a lifeline, lifetime supply of grease. <laughs> Niggas got Murray's from the 80s. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. Murray's from back in high school in there. The whole can is rusted. The but whole you can. Still- <laughs> <laughs> and look, 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 white folks, if you do take in a black kid, Murray's is an orange can that got a picture of two black people on it. <laughs> and you get him some of that black black person's grease and they're fucking brushing a comb. Oh, God. You got to dilute that, though. Niggas got to stretch out the Murray's grease like drugs. Bruh. That shit, man, that shit is thick. I can't even, in 2021, like, my hair is a little bit longer now, but in 2021, if I had, like, shorter hair where I was trying to get waves, yeah. in no way, shape, or form would I be able to use Murray's. That shit Especially living in Bakersfield? No way. Man, are you sweating? Yeah. You can't even, the thing about waves in Bakersfield, it just doesn't really work in the summertime. Because oh, anywhere you I go. I was wavy, bro. In the summertime, oh, bro, I was wavy yeah. when I had hair. Yeah, I was naturally wavy too. All I did was brush it. I barely even wore a do rag. Yeah, yeah. I think for, for as a as a as a youth, when I was um, I, I didn't sweat as much. Like I could hold, I could, my stuff could my stuff could hold. Especially in elementary school, niggas would be brushing in the classroom. But when I got older, for some reason, I'd just be sweating all the time. <clears throat> so unless I got my do rag on all day, or I'm in the house just chilling. I'm, I just I sweat out my waves. Sweat them out? Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't meant to have waves then. <laughs> I would take my football helmet off and I still had still waves. Still be wavy? Still had waves. Dang. My shit was on point. Yeah. That's a trip, man. I look back when I had hair. Yeah. I think I got a picture, uh, but I had my football pads on. Uh-huh. And I straight up had waves in the picture. Yeah. And I would use like some Dax wave, but yeah. I would have to like... Put a little bit of Dax Wave on my finger. It was good for your whole fucking scalp. Yeah. That shit was like changing the oil on a car. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel it. Yeah, but look, we got off topic here. But look, um, Kevin Durant's a highly sensitive guy. Very insecure. And instead of being mad at every motherfucker in their inbox, Kevin Durant needs to realize he is in the NBA. He has a dream job. Not only is he just in the NBA, he's one of the best players in the world and one of the best players in NBA history. Why don't you focus on that, dude? Yeah. You can't focus on that. You got to be mad. And look, by the way, he's human. I get it, right? People talk about you. You don't like it. I know that, God forbid, me and Keith get what we want to get. There's going to be a lot of people saying fucked up shit about me and Keith, mainly Keith. But I think that... (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's like, God damn it. I'm so tired of Keith, man. <laughs> Keith is so goddamn thick. <laughs> oh, oh, Keith's hips don't lie. <laughs> Keith may lie, but his hips don't. <laughs> Keith's hips aren't capping. You said what? Keith's hips aren't capping. <laughs> <laughs> Keith is kit. No, it'd be like, Keith is thick, no cap. <laughs> No homo. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. 
get whatever you take from that. Right. <laughs> Switching gears. Nah, I All have right. some more to All say. Right. But I, I was just saying, as far as like, <laughs> as far as you, like you said, people, people are going to, especially being an NBA player, one of the best NBA players of all time. The, the, a lot of these shows are based on controversy, right? So there needs to be some sort of conflict involved as far as like, you know, go, going against the grain of what pe- players are doing, you know, especially that whole Warriors run. A lot of that narrative was spent on the Warriors are supposed to win. You know, they have mm-hmm. the, power, the power team. So if they don't win, it's all Kevin Durant's fault or it's mm-hmm. all Steph, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of these. They just need narratives to make their shows interesting. Um so I can understand how that could get under your skin. Um, but I feel like <clears throat> I feel like we put um, as, uh, I guess, athletes or, you know, people of notoriety or, you know, content creators, we, we start to be consumed by what any person is saying. And a lot of these people don't really have um, any merit to say any of these things or, or yes. you know, we shouldn't actually hold uh, much value to to what these people are saying. Michael Rappaport is, you know, an actor and a comedian, and he's a he's a sports fan. And we've seen him live in L.A. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I think, you know, part of his shtick is to kind of get under certain athletes' skin. You know, he talks about certain athletes, um, and that's just part of what he got going on. And it's entertaining for people because he talks loud, he talks fast, he's slick, he's a New York guy. Um, but... We we have to stop putting stock into, you know, what just anybody says. I see it all the time to where, um, you know, like a guy like Wale will respond to some random person on Twitter with 100 followers or, right. you know, <clears throat> and, you know, a couple other, you know, s- s- famous people. But e- even for me, like I, I, I this is not 100 percent comparable because they weren't directly talking about me. But there was a conversation that I had on Facebook the other day and um it was about it was this freshman cover with uh, Anderson Pack, Kodak right. Black. It had Lil Uzi Vert on it. I, I don't know what year it was, maybe like 2016, 17 or something like that. And the question that they had posted on there was which artist on this cover is the biggest artist uh, right now? And the guy shared it. He was like, yo, I think the biggest artist on here is uh, Lil Uzi Vert. And I was like, OK, that, you know, that makes sense. But I was like. You know, just knowing what the current landscape is, I was like, oh, Bruno Mars got a huge album coming out. I mean, sorry, Anderson Pack got a huge album coming out with Bruno Mars. He has a number three song in the country. Um, it was number two at one point. Um, they just did the Grammy performance. So I'm like, yo, let me check the Spotify listens to see like what's going on. So I checked the Spotify. It was up upwards of like 20 something million you know, monthly streams. Um, and then I compared it to Uzi. Uzi might have been in like the 19, 17 uh, million, million range or something like that. So I went on the post and I was like, yo. Um, and I, I was like, Lil Uzi Vert is popping out here. But I was like, I didn't say I think Anderson Pack is probably the biggest one. He has a, he has a Grammy Award. You know, I started throwing out a few few of the accolades that Anderson Pack has. Um, and then the dude responded like, nah, that's, he was like, he was like, tell me when the last time somebody went on there and uh, listened to Anderson or said, said you were sitting in the car and it was like, yo, put on a new Anderson pack. Right, and I, right, and I right. was like, honestly, like, I don't listen to Lil Uzi Vert, you know, no disrespect right. to him, but I just don't listen to his music. And, um, and then I put out, I try to put support it with more facts. I was just like, you know, it's a big world out there. People, a lot of people listen to different music, you know, it's not dope the whole world is not Bakersfield. So, and then after that, somebody else got in there and it was like, dog, you lying or something like that. And then I just bowed out 
you know, I didn't get on there and I didn't have no back and forth with these people. Um, I didn't get on there and have no argument. I said my piece and then I got out of there. So I feel like, you know, that was a a situation comparable to Kevin Durant's where he could have just been he could have just left the situation alone. Um, And the crazy part about it is Kevin Durant probably does this to a lot of different people. But Michael Rappaport was probably the only person to ever, you know, uh, put this on the like screenshot the conversation. Um, so, you know, people probably would never know how Kevin Durant move um, outside of like him having burner accounts and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. So anybody out there, like if somebody is just bringing negative energy towards you, you don't have to respond. And I feel like you you have more power over your own psyche and over that person if you choose not to respond. Facts. <clears throat> well, that's that's a good way good way to leave that one. So whatever you took from that, I hope you took something constructive. Stop being so reactionary, folks. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. We'll close it with this one. Um, DMX, man. DMX OD'd, man. Um, folks, you got to stay away from drugs, man. You got you got to stop doing drugs. And it's fucked up. And I definitely don't want to speak poorly about DMX. He's definitely one of my favorite rappers growing up, but he's always had a drug problem. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to see how bad of reality it is, Odin, go to the most recent episode of Joe Rogan. And he had Demi Lovato on there. Demi Lovato, I think she had a heart attack and like a stroke or something. And she got so fucked up after she OD'd, she is partially blind from that shit. Mm-hmm. So Demi Lovato can't even see that much. Did That's, she describe her blind spot? She did. She told Joe Rogan, I can see like your eyes, your nose really good, but I have to really look at your mouth to make you out completely. God dang. It's crazy, man. You got to yeah. stay away from this shit, man. Got to stay away from drugs. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me get right into it. Um, rapper DMX is hospitalized and on life support following heart attack, longtime lawyer says. Rapper DMX hospitalized and on life support in White Plains, New York. His longtime attorney, Murray Richmond, confirmed to CNN on Sunday. The rapper suffered a heart attack around 11 p.m. at his home in White Plains and was taken via ambulance to the local hospital where he remains on a ventilator, Richmond said. The attorney said he did not know uh, what may have caused the heart attack? Richmond said uh, he said he was known known DMX for 25 years and said Saturday evening that he has been in touch with that he has been in touch with the rapper's family all day. He said he is aware of the rapper's medical prognosis but declined to comment on it. We ask that you please keep DMX Earl DMX and us in your thoughts, wishes, and, pr- and prayers as well as respects our privacy and. F- as we face these challenges, the rapper's family said in a statement, all right? <clears throat> when was this released? Because it's updated. He's now breathing on his own. And he also, yeah, they said that he OD'd. So uh, let me go back because there's another story about this. There, right, here it is. DMX remains on life support, lawyer says. This is a day ago. Rapper hospital suffering a heart attack, lawyer said. Four hours ago. Rapper hospital after heart attack, lawyer says. Okay. Okay, lawyer. Okay, where is it at? DMX prognosis not looking good. Little brain activity after OD. Oh, my God. That's bad. Yeah, he said he was in a vegetative state. Really? Yes. That's what uh, one of the managers or somebody said. DMX prognosis not looking good after OD. Um, We just got an official statement from DMX's rep. Last night, Earl DMX Simmons was rushed to the hospital. Uh, Represents, yes, another road. He must conquer. The rep goes on. Man, this doesn't look good, dude. 
DMX suffered a drug overdose Friday night and is currently in a hospital and the prognosis is not good. Sources close to the rapper tell TMZ OD occurred to his home around 11 p.m. Our sources say the overdose triggered a heart attack. DMX was rushed to the hospital in White Plains, New York. And another source says he's in a vegetative state and doctors have cautioned he may not make it. Yeah. Man, let me say this, man. And I can't say this enough. Don't even try drugs, man. It, if it does not offer value to your life, just don't do it. Now, me, I have a beer every blue moon, but I don't drink very much. But some people get grabbed so much by things that they never just having one drink for some people is the end of their life. They will be a lifelong alcoholic. That first one. Just that first one. They chasing that feeling after that first one. There are some people, if they stop drinking, they get sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a fucked up place to be. Yeah. You are literally a prisoner to your addiction. DMX has been a prisoner of his addiction a long time. Mm-hmm. And at, at this point, what I'll say is all I can say is I, I'll pray for him. I'm not going to be like, oh, man, he going to make it. He going to do this and that. It's very it, he may not. Yeah. That is the reality of it. Demi Lovato was very lucky to be alive. Mm-hmm. After ha- after what happened to her, yeah. If you have another OD or something like that, that means her shit is gonna be over if she does that again. Yeah, she, and she was doing it. and dude, she was in the heavy shit, bro. Mm-hmm. The last time she OD, she had had like heroin and like crack, all kind of. She was smoking. Demi Lovato, as beautiful as she is, as great of a singer as she is, she was smoking fucking crack. Mm-hmm. That is beneath you, man. You should not be doing these drugs, Adderall, Percocets, cocaine. Like, no. Yeah. None of this shit is cool, man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, like, um, I'm not even going to piggyback off the don't do drugs thing. I think that's like, you know, you, you beat that over the head. But for, right. for me, it's um, I'm going to lean into the the mental health aspect of it. Because I I know personally that a lot of addicts that I know, they are masking their um, feelings and their traumas um, right. with whether it's alcohol or, you know, hard drugs or pills or whatever the case may be. And what happens is these people never get the, the mental help that they that they really need. And, it, and it's sad for me because, I'm you know, I communicate with some of these people and you hear the the issue that's wrong with them and you you do as much as you can but they never get the real help that they need that's why it's important for for eddie and i to have this platform because at at this moment in time i can't i have a relationship therapist but i don't have a a real you know a personal therapist uh but this is you know for what i can afford this is my platform to hash out ideas or, you know, communicate certain feelings that I would in the same manner that I would um, do with the therapist. And I will never, ever say that um, I will never, ever try to uh, replace therapy with the podcast. But I'm just saying as of right now, you Mm -hmm. know, for the financial state that I'm in, this is what I can do. And this is what I do to to maintain a certain uh, uh, mental health. Right. Um, So I just would say to anybody out there 
stopping the drugs is uber important. Yeah. But also coupled with that is that you got to find the real root as to why you're doing the drugs. And if that's, you know, a traumatic experience with your dad or, you know, you had some sort of traumatic experience with your, your, your mom or your brother or, you know, maybe a, a teacher or whatever the case it's may be. And you're trying to, ma- trying to mask that. I feel like you got to figure out uh, how to fix that mental health aspect first. Sometimes it's not that deep. Sometimes it's just addiction, man. Mm -hmm. Some people just have that much of a grasp. They have that drugs have that much of a hold on them Mm -hmm. where it's not about their fucked up childhood or anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Cause as you get older, regardless of how fucked up your childhood is, if you want to live, if you want to have a life for yourself, you eventually have to find out how to conquer that and be your own person. Yeah. But the drugs just exacerbate the problem when you don't try to take over your life, the drugs will take over you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because of your life. It's because you have an addiction. When you are selling things out of your home, you know, like in DMX, man, I, man, God rest, you know, I won't say God rest his soul, but pray for him. Because I don't know if you are in a vegetative state, then that definitely does not look good. Nobody comes from a vegetative state. Yeah. Once you get to vegetative state, it's over. Yeah. Once they put a plug, it is over. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need the evidence of why, if you know a family member that's experimenting with drugs and they think it's funny and it's cool, show them Demi Lovato, show them DMX, Mm -hmm. show them all these other people who have OD'd, show them people who did a lot of drugs that even took them. Like you look at all these people that had drug pass, whether it be Kurt Cobain and all these other people. It's like, man, Kurt Cobain hurt himself, but I'm sure a lot of it had to do with him doing drugs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, um, <clears throat> it sucks, man. You grow up listening to DMX. He's one of your favorite rappers. And then you see him reduced to this. I think that the positive side is, is if this is over for DMX and the reports are accurate, then he left this earth with like a versus you know, just like this this little thing to remember him by. Mm-hmm. The verses he did with, uh, who was DMX and who was Snoop Dogg. DMX and Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. So from the rap community, this is, this is going to be one of the biggest losses in hip-hop. By far. By far. One of the biggest losses in hip-hop right next to Biggie and Tupac. And that's facts. I think it, I think it is, but it's a little <laughs> different because um, you start to see people's life deteriorate in front of you. Right? Right. So... It's uh, it's tragic nonetheless. But if, you know, say Bobby Brown back in the 90s or whatever, if he if he happened to OD or even with, you know, with Whitney Houston, it's a tragic event. But it's also like we already knew what time it was. We already knew what they what they were battling. Um, So it's just it just hits different than, a you know, a shooting or something like that. Right. What's fucked up too is I hate to say this and this is not me trying to make a prediction, but I just feel like a lot of bad news drops on Mondays. Mm hmm. So we doing this podcast Sunday night on Easter Sunday, and I wouldn't be surprised you get bad news about DMX. Yeah. And I pray that that's not the case, but it just seems like that shit always be happening, bro. Yeah. But but in those situations, oftentimes if they if they're, you know, in some sort of like intensive care or whatever, um, it's up to the family to Mm -hmm. allow him to live or not to live. So. Yeah, you know, it's it going to be one of those things where up until the family decides to do whatever with him, um, he's probably going to be hanging on. Yeah, man. Yeah. This shit is just, 
This is yeah. just some extra stuff, man. And the the weird part about it for me, and like I, you know, I kind of went back to that mental health aspect of it, is that when people see these certain things, it only drives them to do lean into the drugs or alcohol or uh, hard, you know, pills or whatever more so. I feel like I would just hope that it would scare you away from it, but man, yeah, it's a strange. It's like it's current. not since we've been doing this podcast. You think about the notable people that have passed away, and it's like this shit ain't no game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying all of it was due to drugs, but just just the people that have that have lost their lives and how valuable life is. Since mm-hmm. we've been doing this podcast, um, XSX Tentacion, he got murdered. Yeah. Then we lost Nipsey. Then we lost Kobe. Then we lost Juice World. Then we lost uh, who else? It's been some notable people, like big ones, and then potentially now DMX. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dog, I'm not trying to kill Naya nobody. Rivera, she drowned. Yeah, 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 man. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Like, dog, how many people got to die for people to realize that, yo? Life is precious. Don't be over here faking stuff, man. Don't be mm-hmm. don't be out here faking streams, trying to look more important than what you is. Embrace <laughs> embrace your journey. Yeah. Embrace who you are. Really be who you are. Because when it's all said and done, and people seeing you was like from the ground up, why do you think Mac Mac Dre got so much love in the Bay Area? To this day, they rep Mac Dre. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't like some huge artist, yeah. but he kind of is responsible for that Bay Area movement. Like he was the prequel to that barrier movement that happened, mm-hmm. and it's like people remember you for what you really, what you really stood on, man. Yeah, I think um, J Cole had a line too. I can't remember it exactly, but he he referenced like basically how he didn't appreciate um, these fake drug, uh, fake rappers talking about selling drugs because right. his mom was really on drugs. Yeah, bro. Um, and you know, kind of going to that is like to your point, like. We got to shift the narrative and the subject matter that we're talking about. Keep people, that. Keep oh, my that bad. Because yeah. we really, because um, people are really out here passing away. You know, like you know, uh, rest in peace to my uncle. He was a victim of pills and alcohol abuse. Yeah, you know is, what I mean? So, uh, and 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 it's it's weird to me that there are a lot of artists out there that that's you know Molly Perkins, artists. Yeah, you know, it's all in the music, and it's just it's yeah. just a promotion of the most evil thing that's taken over um not only our our communities but you know everybody out here you you shouldn't certain things you should never make cool Mm -hmm. like drugs is one of them yeah and yeah i I, like when i listen to future he has no impact on me but there's somebody out there like hey i heard those parker sets are they're dope dude let's get impressionable huh yeah Mm -hmm. most people are impressionable Mm -hmm. look at politics Politics yeah. is the most fine example of how impressionable people are. Whether you're liberal or conservative, you buy into all the ideology because you buy into this club of ideas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you literally do the you do and say the exact same thing as the other people that believe in the party you believe in, mm-hmm. which means you are highly impressionable. And that's how people are with drugs. Mm-hmm. They start off doing it and they just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's really fucked up, man. And the most, and I'll, I'll leave with this. The most fucked up thing is, is like Keith mentioned, Keith's uncle just passed, man. Mm-hmm. We go into his funeral on Tuesday, a person that had a big role in Keith's life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've known him for a very long time. It's like family to me. I consider him more like a cousin mm-hmm. or a family member to me than, than a friend. A friend wouldn't be doing that relationship justice yeah and now i gotta go to his fucking funeral somebody younger than me mm-hmm. i don't enjoy that 
but I'm gonna pay my respects. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's extremely fucked up, folks. If you know somebody going through something, put your arm around them, try to get them help. Something, man. Yeah. But that's all I got to say on that, man. Prayers up for DMX. Yeah, didn't, man. Didn't, didn't want to end on a on a sad note, but we felt that it was important to 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 mention DMX if this is the end of the road for him. Yeah. Prayers to his family too. I know for I I know just how our situation is playing out and then I'm sure that you know his family, his kids and all that. Uh I know how uh you know stressful of a time it is to just everybody trying to come together and my bad, I keep hitting that thing, but everybody yeah. trying to come together and and be there for um one another and then you have like just the drama that is associated with people um you know transitioning or moving on with their with their uh their life on earth right um so just prayers to his family i hope they could be able to come together and um, just make the most uh peaceful situation out of it and also just make it about dmx and celebrating him and you know just being there for his uh his kids and whatnot yeah man well and his dogs Right, where my dogs at? <laughs> this uh, murder mook, you know the uh, he's a battle rapper. Yeah, he was telling a story, and I wish I knew the actual bars he was saying. But he was saying that DMX used to battle rap like on Seventh Avenue or something in in New York, and he had his dogs trained so well that he was spitting his bars like yo da 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 nah, this is what dog when it's say. and then he the dog like almost did a response like the dog would bark on cue oh my and he'd be God. like nah chill let me get him and then he finishes like his i was like yo this nigga dmx <laughs> this is an elite person <laughs> yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. that nigga was a real dog whisperer <laughs> not, yeah. not 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 uh, what's dude's name uh, george milan or whatever his name is yeah yo i was busting up when when uh no caesar milan mm. caesar milan got bit by a dog and uh he was trying to he's like this dog seems like he has a really bad attitude. Let me see what's going on. And then he went up to the dog and the dog bit. He's like, ah, I, ah. <laughs> the, the dog bit his ass up. That's funny. There's another show on Netflix that has like a, it's a similar tone to it. Oh, really? Yeah, they be training. they like dog rehab or something. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Well, I didn't see. I just fucked it up. If you made it to the end of this podcast, thank you for listening. So the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We out of here. Peace.